This is a production of Money Honey Media. All advice in this podcast is general in nature. It should not be applied to your personal circumstances without first discussing with a tax professional. Hi, I'm Jen McCauley. I'm Jade Rawson. And I'm Lauren Baldock. Welcome back to our Julia Gillard story. So where we left off last, we were had Julia Gillard as the Prime Minister and we were talking about some of the legislation that she brought in and some of the acts of parliament that came through. But during her time as the Prime Minister, she was treated appallingly through the media and by the coalition and various other people. Having a female Prime Minister was like a, a joke to some people and clearly they didn't see how hurtful some of the things they said were. So we might start by talking about some of those things. Yes, we will. So um, probably the first one that we will start with um, happened in 2012. So um, this happened just after Julia Gillard's father um, unfortunately passed away quite suddenly, um, which I'm sure you can imagine would be a very tough time for anyone should that happen to their family. Um, Now, some of the comments that were said around this, which was obviously a very deeply personal situation for Julia, was really, really appalling and it makes me feel so sad for her. Um, So in September 2012, 2GB broadcaster Alan Jones was at a Liberals dinner um, and he said that the old man recently died a few weeks ago of shame to think that he had a daughter who told lies every time she stood up for parliament. Um, And I just think that is a terrible comment to say after somebody's father has passed away. Yeah. He also made comment that, uh, and not on the same day, but another radio show or something, that she should be put in a chaff bag and thrown into the sea. Mm. Who would ever say that about someone else? That's just so horrible. And that was let let slide. That was let be broadcast that was allowed to you know no one questioned it at that time it was um it was kind of like a big running joke yeah I think um the comments that he made at that liberal I think it was the young liberals dinner in New South Wales there was Joe Hockey was in attendance at that dinner um he There were a number of people probably in attendance at that dinner. No one made any comment about it until it came into the media and then, of course, then they suddenly said, oh, it was inappropriate. But at the time it was all a bit of a joke, really. Yeah, not a very funny joke. No, definitely not. There was also um, uh, in 2012 as well David Farley, who was their chief executive for the Australian Agricultural Company, um, he made these particular comments regarding Julia, um, they were at a processing plant and he said this plant is designed to process old cows. So the old cows that become non-productive instead of making a decision to either let her die in the paddock or put her in a truck. This gives us a chance to take non-productive animals off and put them through the processing system. So it's designed for non-productive cows. Julia Gillard's got to watch out. So horrible. The other thing we want to mention is in June 2013, um, there was a fundraising dinner for the Liberal candidate candidate Mal Bro in Queensland. And on the menu, he had the dish called the Moroccan quail. And the description of that was 
Julia Gillard Kentucky Fried Quail. Small breast, huge thighs and a big red box. Now, Mm. that is the most disrespectful thing I think I've ever read. Yeah, terrible stuff. Absolutely terrible. And again, would we ever hear these comments about a male? Probably not. No. So she constantly suffered all of this stuff in the media. But Julia never really played the victim. Um, She let it go. She knew it was wrong, but she was more determined about getting on with the job and not coming back and saying, well, you shouldn't have said this stuff. But I've no doubt in the back of her mind all of this was um, not helping her get on with her, you know, leadership really. It was just must have been so stressful thinking what people were saying about her. Yeah, it would have really weighed on her mind, especially, you know, it's not nice. We all know what it's like to be attacked and it's really not nice. Um, And this sort of came, you know, around the same time Tony Abbott had um, the anti-carbon tax rally where there was all these horrible signs, you know, calling her Bob Brown's bitch and ditch the witch and all of these horrible things. That was the way that that she was campaigned against. Yeah, she was either Lady Macbeth or some other horrible person who, you know, just, you know, the woman who was out to destroy everyone. And she clearly was not that person. I think it's time to start talking about what happened just prior to the misogyny speech and what actually led to it. So last episode we briefly talked about Peter Slipper, who was the speaker of the House of at the House of the House of Representatives. Um, and just a reminder that Peter Slipper was a Liberal member. He was on the, from the Coalition Party. He got put into that role as the Speaker of the House of Representatives, which is a very powerful role to have. So the reason why everybody knows Peter Slipper's name, why he became a household name, was because there was obviously a scandal involved with Peter Slipper. And this kind of happened, well, it did, it happened around the the time of the misogyny speech. And um, so the text messages that were leaked um, from Peter Slipper to James Ashby were very sexist and... Um, had a lot of misogynistic connotations in there uh, and this they were leaked and the motion that Tony Abbott put forward which was to dismiss the speaker when he put this motion forward he had actually come through and said that basically this was Julia's fault because she was the prime minister and she was allowing to have a sexist misogynistic speaker under her government If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on Apple iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. And don't forget to listen to our weekly podcast, The Accidental Bookkeeper. Now back to Gillard. So it came to question time and question time is a particular time in Australian Parliament, which happens every time they sit, where there's a certain number of questions. I think it's 10 questions from the opposition and 10 questions from the government and it's an opportunity for those questions to be asked um, and, you know, whoever is being asked is, has to respond to them. Usually that is the Prime Minister. Um, there's no forewarning of what those questions are. But on the day, Julia knew that there'd be something about this. She wasn't quite sure what it would be. So prior to going into question time, she had got a little bit of done a little bit of prep work about, you know, if he's going to start saying that she's being sexist by having him in there as as the um as the speaker 
then what can she refute with? So she had a few notes down but not too many. No, exactly right. And the notes are um, in her book, Not Now, Not Ever, and they just look like scribbles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the day was the 9th of October 2012 and before she actually made the speech, she's written in her memoir, My Story, Um, She said, I do not normally think in swear words, but my internal monologue was shouting, for fuck's sake, after all the shit I have to put up with, now I have to listen to Abbott lecturing me on sexism, for fuck's sake. Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I just wanted to make sure, if not, cut that out. And I I think you can see on her face those words, just pure as day, um, there like you can tell they're there you can tell what she's thinking at the time and I know that she she even still has those handwritten notes today Um, but the point is majority of that speech was just off the top of her head yeah she just let rip didn't she and you can tell as she's saying that speech you can just tell that she is letting it rip yeah um so I watched it again this morning and, I mean, I just loved watching Tony Abbott's face and the look of just – it just looked like a little boy getting in trouble, but it was so good. <laughs> I mean, when I was watching the report on the ABC, um, you know, and the start of it is, I will not, I will not be, be lectured about, about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. It just plays in my head. I can mm. recite that starting bit word for word. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> What were Absolutely. your thoughts, Lauren? Oh, look, it's um, it's kind of funny because it, I guess like we were saying at the start of, of this miniseries, I was so young at the time that it happened and watching it back now, it really, really hits home. Like I get goosebumps every time I watch it and knowing what she had been through yeah. and what she had put up with and how she had to keep um, her head held high yeah. with all all of that coming down on her and for her to have this one moment, this one opportunity to come back at all of that in the most diplomatic and graceful way mm. because I I surely wouldn't have been able to be that diplomatic and graceful if I was in her position. I just would not. I've heard her speak a few times about how she regrets that she hadn't called out some of these bad behaviours earlier. And like we've talked about some of the horrible things that have been said in the media about things that the coalition said, all that sort of stuff. And she didn't call it out. And she says that she regrets that. But I think everything happens for a reason. If she had called that out earlier, and I'm not suggesting any of it was right to happen, we would never have had this speech. And I think this is such a powerful speech. I'm so glad she was able to make that. I mean, I'm sad that it happened, that she had to, but I think this has been the biggest achievement for women in general to be able to refer back to this speech and go, here is what we can do. Yeah, exactly right. And, I mean, Julia has come out and said that There are people that don't know anything about Australian politics in other countries, but they know about Julia Gillard's misogyny speech. And I think it's pretty cool that the 10-year anniversary to the speech came up last year and the speech went viral again on TikTok. You know, 
people were making remixes of it. They were getting it printed on their mugs and tea towels to have in their house. And I think what's really cool is that it re-sparked it for a whole new generation as well. It's typically the younger people that are on TikTok, you know, maybe the 20-year-olds, that kind of age group who would have been 10 years old at the time, so have no idea about the speech. But it's resurfaced and it's brought it up to a whole new generation. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And that whole, you know, we have such a focus now on gender pay pay gaps and all of those sorts of things that are still real today and we're still not there. And to have the the gender pay gap and all of those things that we're still talking about now and we're still not quite there with, it's so good to have someone in a position of power with such a powerful voice, with such powerful words to bring that to the next generation so that we can keep reliving that message and that story and that is you know there is so much power in that like mm-hmm. I think we we don't actually realize that this can continue for more than just the 10 year anniversary it can be the 20 year and the 25 year and the 30 years so that we keep pushing the point for the next generations over and over again. I think what I liked about the 10-year anniversary was it did get, give us the opportunity to look back at where we've come from and, of course, we've got a long way to go. And I know there's still a lot of issues with Parliament in particular, like we've had the Brittany Higgins situation, which, you know, unfortunately never really got resolved, but it did call out a lot of really bad behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, some of those things we've talked about in our episodes, there's no way in today's society that we would allow that to happen like we would not no one would be able to get away with it I know they didn't then it was called out but it just wouldn't I just don't think it would happen now no exactly right and interesting enough Julia Gillard has come out um, and she did say that she was initially confused and amused by the overwhelming response to her speech Um, and she was actually even a little bit resentful that after all of her years in Parliament, she was kind of well known most for the speech rather than the legislation she put through or all of the work she did. Um, she since made peace with it um, and she did come out and say that sometimes leaders, they do get forgotten about and they're not really remembered for a lot. But if she is remembered for her speech, she's happy with that. A- absolutely. I mean, when we think of when we think of John Howard, what do we think of? We think of GST. I didn't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. But you're right. Maybe yeah. his eyebrows. But yeah. we do. We think of GST and that that's – it was massive. It was one of the biggest changes of, of the time. But I'd much rather be known for sticking up for women's rights yeah. than for – GST. I also think, you know, she will be remembered for the NGIS, which is something incredibly important to our society and yeah. to, the, you know, the people who are on the NGIS. So, um, and it was interesting watching her um, talking like with, on that ABC show that we've all watched fairly recently and watching her actually putting like her response to that getting through and she was quite emotional and Mm. we were talking about it and we all felt emotional watching her uh it was beautiful so and look Mm. I think that might be a superpower of women is being able to connect to our emotions so deeply for things that we care about that there should be more of that in parliament yeah just before we move off the misogyny speech I did find it interesting that apparently 
uh, President Obama would actually watch the, the misogyny speech when he had to deal with Tony Abbott <laughs> and was frustrated <laughs> with dealing with him. But it's actually the case he would actually watch it just to give him a bit of a pep up. And another little fun fact is that after the misogyny speech, I read that the um, sales of blue blazers increased significantly. <laughs> so it wasn't long after the misogyny speech that things did start to turn around for Julia. She had had a couple of times where Kevin Rudd had tried to, you know, um, force a vote or, or whatever, and she'd actually come through. But unfortunately, the last time that that happened, um, she didn't win. No, she didn't. So um, she was defeated in the leadership ballot by Kevin Rudd on the 26th of June 2013 um, and Julia Gillard resigned as Prime Minister. So before the ballot, she had declared that she would retire from politics if she lost the leadership. Um, she also did not contest the seat of Lawler in Victoria in the September 2013 election. Now, Julia Gillard did um, say a speech in regards to being the first female Prime Minister and I think it's a really powerful speech she has said it doesn't explain everything it doesn't explain nothing it explains some things and it is for the nation to think in a sophisticated way about those shades of gray what i am absolutely confident of is it will be easier for the next woman and the woman after that and the woman after that and i'm proud of that so in an interview that she did with the harvard business review they asked her after you lost the 2013 leadership challenge why did you leave politics? And she said that if she lost, she would. Um, she thought that it would be a clean decision and she didn't want to give uh, instability to the to her p political party. So she exited and laid low and lived her life like a fugitive to make sure that she didn't get caught up by the media and create any distractions during that election. Uh, she says that it was an act of loyalty to the Labor Party and personally she thinks that if you're not on the way up, you're on your you're on the way down. So maybe it was time to think about a new future. So Kevin Rudd was now the Prime Minister. Um, the election that followed ended up resulting in the Labor government being removed from power and Tony Abbott became our Prime Minister. So What's Julia doing today? Julia Gillard is most definitely still a very busy woman. So she is now the chair of Beyond Blue and also the Glo Global Institute for Women's Leadership at King's College London, um, which is a really, really big institute that she is involved in. So it works to create a world in which being a woman is not a barrier to becoming a leader in any field, nor a factor contributing to negative perceptions of an individual's leadership. Um, they also do a heap of work around education for women as well, which, as we spoke about in earlier episodes, is something that's really important to Julia. Yeah, so the GIWL aims to overcome a disconnect between much of the current activity in the diversity and inclusion of the world. Um, it seeks to bridge the gap between those who generate evidence and those who wish to use it. It also uh, seeks to shine a light and on and amplify existing effective practices and solutions being applied in different countries across the globe. And the goal is to break down the silos between sectors, nations and approaches and create a community of people focused on advancing women's leadership and workplace gender equality. Yeah, so some really good stuff. Um, there was another question that she was asked in this Harvard Business Review interview um, and they asked her whether she misses the government or politics. 
She has said, I miss bits of it dreadfully. The ability to do the big things you believe in, the intensity of the bond you have with the best of your colleagues, but the sheer relentless relentlessness of it, I don't miss. I've never woken up any morning and said, gee, I miss the press gallery. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder that. She does, do, she now does do a podcast. It's called A Podcast of One's Own with Julia Gillard. It's in conjunction with the Global Institute for Women. So um, it's actually got some really good episodes on there if you're interested in knowing what she's up to now. But she's definitely still helping women to achieve and, and move on and, and be powerful and be in leadership. She's written a couple of books, which we've all read. <laughs> And just when we were talking about her being the chair of Beyond Blue, like when she did leave politics, she did still want to do something that was going to be good for the nation and I feel like that that's a perfect role for her. Yeah, definitely. And I believe I did read somewhere that she is only the second person to leave politics and go into a not-for-profit chair position. Wow. So before we wrap this thing up, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could... Say one thing to Julia Gillard right now, what would it be? After researching everything we've researched, watching what we've watched, reading what we've read and listening to what we've listened to, what would you say to her? I'd probably just say thank you. <laughs> That's what I was going to say too. Um, I, yeah, I just want to thank her for being such a um, inspiration really. Um, yeah, I, I think she really has advanced stuff and it's good – as someone who's older, I've talked about this on other episodes, not this, but in our normal accidental bookkeeper podcast, I have talked about as an older woman, there is not that many people to look up to who are older than you because it just wasn't the thing to do. But she's certainly someone that I do look up to and I love the way that she does all this with such grace as well. She doesn't she doesn't really get defensive. She, she just takes it but gets yeah gets the job done and doesn't whinge and carry on I guess I don't know that's probably the best way to explain it yeah she's an incredible woman Mm -hmm. and I'd probably just say thank you because I do think her coming out and saying that you know pretty much yes I had it extremely tough while I was prime minister but it's made it a little bit easier for the next woman and the woman after that and the woman after that is um a really powerful thing to say um it shows that she's not selfish she's thinking about the future um, so I'd probably just say thank you. I'd ask her if she'd like to go grab a coffee though. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say, Lauren? Look, I think that that um, diplomacy and that grace that she has in handling situations that she has been in, I'd love a piece of that because I can be quite fiery <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love to know how to rein that in when you have someone who's just breathing down your neck how do you do that? That is what I would want to know from her. How do you do that and still remain, you know, so poised yeah. and so powerful at the same time? That would be what I would want to know from her. Right. Well, this has been an episode <laughs> and a half or a number of episodes, but we have been preparing this for quite a few months now. So thanks Thank you to all of all of us. So we're all here. Joel's in the room. He's been helping us get through this. But, um, yeah, we've all put a lot of effort in and I really hope you have enjoyed listening to this. Yeah, well, I've enjoyed doing the research. It's actually been quite fun um, and I've definitely learnt a lot along the way as well that I didn't know. Absolutely. And I do 
want to thank Joel for bringing us chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Joel. Thanks, Joel. The thank afternoon you. slump. <laughs> we know there's going to be a bit of editing involved in this, so um, thank you. But if you are listening to this, um, please do tune in to our weekly podcast, The Accidental Bookkeeper. We drop out new episodes every Friday morning um, and we'd really love you to join along and listen to us on a regular basis. Yeah, that's right. We put out a heap of information for um, small business owners, anyone who's wanting to learn a little bit more, so definitely check us out. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to us from. Until next time. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok and also leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Money Honey Media would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which this podcast is recorded and produced. We pay our respect to Elders past and present and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people of this nation.